very welcome to the launch of issue four of the of Fingerpost magazine. And this month, we're or not this month, this issue, we're looking at young people. It's a youth-led issue that's been edited by Anna Magarie on behalf of Reach Across. Hi there. How's the form? Good. How are you? Hi, get on. Hi. So Anna, thanks a million for doing the, the issue. I think it looks brilliant. Well done. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for getting me to do it as well. You know, it was brilliant. I really enjoyed the whole process of it. Oh, no bother at all. No bother. So how did you find the process of, of pulling it together? It was great. You know, everybody was really enthusiastic. Um, you know, the people I approached to do it with Unreach Across, and then we had a few external writers as well. Everybody was really enthusiastic about taking part in it, and they came up with some brilliant stories. And the creativity that came through, you know, it was a lot better than what I could have come up with. I would have been a bit stuck, you know, not sure. But, you know, these young people, when they were asked, what's important to you as a young person, I thought the range of answers was just amazing. And I was really, really impressed with how it all came out. Brilliant. So you mentioned Reach Across there, and, and we'd asked Reach Across to help edit it, and they brought yourself in. For those people who don't know, go and tell us a wee bit about Reach Across and what it does. Yeah, no problem. So Reach Across, it's actually the 25th anniversary of Reach Across. It was back in 2020, but obviously no celebrations. So I can't think of a better time for Reach Across to be kind of put forward like this and to be publicised like this. Uh, so Reach Across has been going for 25 years. It's a cross-community youth organisation. And I was a member of Reach for a few years. And it's really, really built my character. And you'll hear that from anybody that went through Reach Across. And when you're in Reach Across, you go on weekend trips away, you know, team building exercises. And you can go with your friends or you go alone. And you're instantly made to feel welcome and it's a bit of an anomaly when you live in Northern Ireland to be part of Reach Across because it's one of the very few places where you don't know someone's background and you don't care and you know going through Reach Across and then going back in the school you notice that if you have any friends from a different community you will have met them through Reach Across so I think organizations like Reach are incredibly important for integration of young people and it's really, really built that upcoming generations of Derry have been shaped by Reach Across and its activities. I was lucky enough to go abroad with Reach Across twice. I went to Italy and I went to Cyprus and they've been doing Cyprus trips every year, I think, since I went a few years ago. And they do just, they kind of change your life in a way because sometimes the opportunities that you get from Reach Across, you wouldn't have been able to get anywhere else. And you always, I always look back fondly at my time and we'll be, we'll be speaking to one of the current members, Tiernan, who also went to Cyprus, I think, a couple of years ago. So we'll be chatting to him, obviously, and I'm sure he'll echo the, the fabulous things that I have to say about it. Brilliant. So what were some of the themes that you wanted to cover <laughs> and the issue? Well, in Reach Across, obviously, there's a lot of things that the young people in Reach Across have had to deal with. So obviously we touched upon the cross-community relations within Reach Across and how important it is to build these cross-community relations and how important organisations like Reach are for doing this. We also talked about the impact that 2020 had for young people within Reach Across because obviously everything that they do, it's trips away, you know, it's nights up in the Hollywell building, you know, the, the weekly events and everything. And they have that kind of taken away really suddenly 
And for a lot of the members, this would have been the highlight of their week. And they had to adapt really quickly and quite dramatically to kind of keep their spirits up. And then we talked about education as well, obviously, and the impact that 2020 has had on young people in education. And beyond that, I thought it was really interesting the themes that we picked up beyond Reach Across as well. Two of the writers spoke about freedom to be creative, and that was their what is important to you as a young person. And I thought that was really interesting. We will be speaking to Molly, who talked about that too. So I think that's going to be an interesting discussion. And obviously, we talked about more broader themes as well, like climate change came up, um, the impact of the conflict in Northern Ireland, the legacy that we've been left with here. The economy was all brought up. And then also the notion of just being able to thrive in your life and not just trundle along surviving. And we will be talking to Bonnie quickly about that too in her fantastic article. And within education too, Neve McLaughlin did a fantastic article about university students, which I could relate to personally because I'm doing a master's at the moment. And the struggles of being a university student in this pandemic as well. And Aidan Roberts, he did a fantastic uh, article on the notion of self-doubt and being able to overcome kind of those uh, inability thoughts within yourself and how to get over self-doubt. And especially this year, I think too, when everyone's a bit more isolated, it's more difficult to overcome those things within your head. And I think his article was fantastic and kind of giving a bit of advice on how to do that too. Brilliant. So I'm going to hand it over to you in two wee seconds and you're going to have a chat with some people. So you've already mentioned that Molly and Bonnie are going to be part of the chat. Who else are we going to hear from? So first we've got Georgia O'Kane, who's been contributing to all the Finger Post editions and she did a really brilliant article. And it was really concise, just outlining a few different points of different areas that young people are going to be struggling with these days. And she's up first and then we're going to reach across. And we're talking to Tiernan about what reach means to young people, how they've been impacted within the year, kind of touching on the themes that were written about in the article. And then we've got Molly to talk about the notion of freedom of creativity and what that means to her and why she chose that to talk about in her article. And then we'll finish with Bonnie Quigley and kind of wrap it all up in this idea of being able to thrive in your life and not just survive. Brilliant. Okay. Well, let's get Georgia onto the panel and I am going to disappear. So when Georgia lands, I'm going to she, uh, disappear on the background and I'll be up at the end. So perfect. good luck with it. Hope it goes Thank well. Thank you very much. No worries, Anna. Chat to you in a wee minute. Peace in. Hi, Georgia. Hi. Nice, thanks. So thanks a million for doing your article. I thought it was a brilliant article. I thought it was really concise in some of the points that you made. You know, you covered a lot within kind of the short space that you had. And I just wanted to ask, you know, you outlined some key areas in life within your article that people may not have kind of realized that there's some unique challenges that this upcoming generation face. Like you mentioned the aftermath of the COVID pandemic, climate change, the legacy of the North Irish conflict that we've been left with. And I just wanted to ask you, could you tell me a bit about some of the unique challenges that this upcoming generation face within those areas? Yeah, so obviously COVID in itself is, going, is a unique challenge to us. There is no tried and tested plan to get us through this or to get us back to where we were before the pandemic. But within the COVID topic, there's a myriad of offshoots for which we're now responsible. So just for example, the 
pre-existing mental health crisis we have here in Northern Ireland, which COVID has really shone a light on and relatedly the fact that for years now our NHS has been near collapse. So once the pandemic ends, these are issues aren't, which aren't going to resolve themselves. They're issues which haven't got plans in place, really. So that will be left to our generation. In terms of the other challenges I've mentioned, you know, for the first time in history, the world has a population which has more people over the age of 64 than under the age of five, which further exacerbates the issues uh, with the NHS uh, that I've mentioned. And it also calls into question whether the care we have in place is adequate to assist people as they enter the latter part of their lives. And of course, I have to mention climate change. Um, of course, it's not just a challenge for our generation. It's not unique to us, but it is graver for us than any generation that's come before. And we're faced with the knowledge that if we don't step up to the mantle, don't take it on, that if we leave it to the next generation, it will be catastrophic. There's no way out of it. Um, I am just in general, you're saying there covered quite a few of them. It is a bit of a whistle stop tour and I did cut a lot out. Uh, most obviously the equality issues, which are going to define the next 10, 20 years. Uh, there's, so there's a myriad of challenges which will serve to make or break us. Yeah. <clears throat> and in terms of this young generation in Northern Ireland, I thought it was really interesting the way you talked about kind of the legacy of the conflict and everything. And obviously this is what they dubbed the peace generation now from 1998 onwards and do you think this upcoming generation will be able to shift relations in Northern Ireland you know we see more cross-community projects like Reach Across and everything coming up and are you hopeful that between this generation and maybe even the next one that we can possibly break the deadlock that we've had to live with? Well it's hard to say there are two uh, mindsets to think about it so the data would suggest that in terms of nationality more and more people are choosing to identify not just as Irish or British, but also as Northern Irish or on its own just as Northern Irish. So that suggests some shift towards or away from classic narratives. And also in terms of segregated education, which I wrote about in the Shared Societies issue of Fingerpost, data shows that there's a growing favourability for mixed religion schools. So there's some uh, leeway starting to form there where we might see some progress. But on the other end, um, you can still see the same narratives being replicated time and time again, even in our generation. Like I just came out of doing my master's degree and in the politics classrooms, there was the same green and orange standoffs happening where neither side will compromise nor listen to each other. So it is hard to say, but I am myself personally hopeful because, well, I'm a pessimist. So I have to say that if the change comes, and I do think that, well, it's going to be out of sheer necessity. We're going to be forced, I think, in the direction of change. So there will come a point for me when the, or I believe that there will come a point where the parties here who are primarily arguing over the constitutional question, the constitutional status in Northern Ireland, it's not going to satisfy the voting base anymore. And that's the point, I think, where the change will really come. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Do you think um, in terms of moving forward, do you think integrated education would be a necessity to even begin the process of moving forward in the future generations and breaking this deadlock? I, it was something that started to occur to me at university because I myself was in single religion education and that was the first time, bar outside of the family scenario, where I was lucky enough to have uh, members on both sides of the community in my family. That's the first time where you see a lot of people finally meeting the opposing narrative. and. There's a real shock to some of them. Some of them, of course, have been in uh, political and community organisations from youth, so they're well used to the arguments. But for some people, it was the first time they were actually being exposed to the narratives away from the television and away from the politicians. So getting kids in at five 
and from the start telling them there's no difference between them and letting them discuss their differences and learn about their different cultures and political backgrounds it's going to be I think personally um, a great way to start moving us forward. Yeah I agree well I just wanted to ask finally um, what's the most pressing issue that you personally thought was the most important to include in your article and why? I uh, well, the most pressing one probably is COVID because it's you know it's inevitable it's coming we're going through it now and we're going to have to deal with it once we hopefully get it under control but for me the overall most pressing issue is climate change um the economy and stuff will recover i'm not an expert in economy but as far as i'm aware they come and they go up and down and will recover uh the aged population i think will i do think we'll get a grasp on it once we start to tackle the nhs end of life care and later life care and stuff but for me climate change is the issue because it's the one we could so easily ignore it's not knocking on your door every single day you're not seeing the queues at health centers you know you're not seeing the impact immediately you're seeing it long term and you can listen to the science but it's the one you could so easily ignore and just as i said if we do ignore it the consequences are going to be dire so for me that's the most pressing issue yeah i agree definitely well georgia thank you so much again i really really enjoyed your article as you say it was a bit of a whistle stop tour but there was so much information in it that I learned something almost within each subheading. So thank you so much for your contribution. And we're going to move on and talk a bit about Reach Across with one of the members of Reach Across as well. So thank you so much for taking the time for this as well. Thank you. Hi, Tiernan. Hello. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So if you were here at the start, obviously we chatted a bit about Reach Across at the start and I yeah. talked about kind of my experiences when I was a member and obviously we've chatted before about reach across and everything yeah but I just have a couple of questions just so you can give people more of an idea of what reach across is about and what it means to current members like you so my first one's really simple is just what does reach across mean for you um well reach across to me means I joined reach about three years ago and I didn't really have much knowledge of what Reach stood and what Reach was about, but now that I'm uh, now that I'm here three years, it's given me the knowledge that it's not all about you don't know people with their different backgrounds, you don't know who they are and where they're from. It's just all about coming together, and that's what makes it the best thing about Reach to me, in a way. Yeah, I think that's really important. In that, when I was a member at Reach as well, you didn't know what community people were from. And you yeah. didn't care either. And it was, as I said, it was probably the only place where you you really had that, uh, because you know most of the schools are single education, so you, yeah. you kind of know that you're with people from the same background. But one of the things I really noticed about Reach was that you didn't care, and you, as you say, you were just there to do the same activities and they make friends mm -hmm. and just enjoy yourselves. So on that, and talking about cross community. How important do you think organisations like Reach Across are in building cross-community relations? Well, you're starting at a young age. You're mm -hmm. starting youth groups cross-community at a young age. So it's really important as you're building up them friendships from you don't know, as you said, we don't know who they are. You don't know what their backgrounds are. And when you're building up them relations, I think it's really, really important because you don't, as I said, sorry, you don't know who they are. And it's just all about uh building them relations yeah and obviously 
Reach Across had a huge impact in 2020. You know, everything was kind of stopped. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering if you could tell everybody the impact that 2020 had and the kind of severity of what you all lost. Well, we started 2020 and it was a good year to start with in the January, February uh, uh, part of it. And we had our last uh, first day weekly meeting and as soon as that, it was gone. And we didn't know what was going to happen because we had so much planned for that full year and we thought it was just going to be a normal year for us. We just thought we were going to have two weeks out and then we realised the severity of it. So we had to plan a lot and try and just get everything out there while also engaging with the young people because it was really hard as you know it's not really an ideal situation but we overcame and adapted it and it turned out to be somewhat of a good year for us in 2020 as we still did some activities and we still got uh, young people involved yeah can you tell me in some of the ways that you all adapted to it well, to start with, during the first lockdown, we had a lot of uh, online activities, such as like online bingo and online quizzes, and the young people really enjoyed them. The young people was really fond of them, so we kept doing them weekly and every so often. And then as lockdown started to lift, we uh, were able to get a few day trips away, uh, socially distanced, of course, and um, the young people really enjoyed them. and. It really helped them a lot, I think. It helped them build their self-confidence as they didn't really know who everyone was as it was a new group of young people coming and they didn't obviously didn't know each other. But I think they really helped with the team building as it was their very first trip away. And obviously they didn't know much people because they've been locked indoors for a lot. Yeah. So what's the hopes within Reach for the future now? Are you hoping they kind of just go with the flow and try and build it up with the guidance and everything and hopefully get back to where you were? Well, my hope for Reach this year anyway is to obviously open back up into our usual uh, Thursday nights and have everything back in place. As as most Reach members can say, our Thursday nights is our building block. It's our base. It's, it's mixed the Reach, what it is. And for them to have back, I think it will be really good to have them back as it helps with team, team building and within Reach. It helps with building them community. Uh, cross-community relations it's always building and building it's our main block yeah yeah and I think it's really important and it's really nice to hear that Reach has been able to adapt through the really difficult year as well and I do hope that you all get back to where you were is there any hope for the internationals to take place again have you heard anything about that because obviously Erasmus was such a huge part of Reach Across as well. And has there been any clarity about the continuation of the international trips? Um, well, as you know, we I did go to Cyprus like yourself, and I was the last group, I was part of the last group to ever go abroad with Erasmus. But um I don't I'm not really sure of uh where it's gonna be now after with Brexit and of course the pandemic. But I do have high hopes for somewhat of uh youth exchanges in general yeah. with us because it's it builds a lot of who we are it makes it gives us a big part of who we are now as as you know yourself it really helps us build a lot of communications with other people not even from our own background from different backgrounds and it helps us a lot to make us reach who we are if that makes sense yeah oh yeah it does completely i think one of the articles that talked about cross-community relations within reach across 
it did it really well in talking about cross-community relations within Northern Ireland, but also abroad as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because you learn about so many different cultures through the exchanges that Reach Across provide. And I really yeah. do hope that Reach is going to thrive now, you know, after this pandemic is over and that you mm-hmm. can build up back to where you were again. But Tiernan, thank you so much for coming along and taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you, Anna. And it was a pleasure. And all the best to everybody at Reach from me as well. I will, surely. Thank you very thank much. You. Take care. And if Molly's there, we will be chatting to her now too about her poem that she wrote for the Finger Post article. Hi. Hi, Molly. Hiya. Hi. Um, Obviously, you did a poem, and it was the only poem in the article. Everybody kind of stuck the a narrative or whatever. And I thought it was really interesting that you did a poem, and it really stood out because you took this different approach to it. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really interesting as well was whenever you were posed with the question of what is important to you as a young person, both you and Isa Morgan chose the freedom to be able to be creative. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that it came up twice. And I wanted to ask you, why were you drawn to creativity to write about for your article? I think, obviously, all the the topics that have been mentioned already, obviously, I find really important. And we wouldn't be as developed as a youth without talking about climate change and talking about cross-community things. And it, it's paramount in understanding each other at this age and stuff. But I think also, too, whenever I thought about freedom and what was important to me, I thought, what is the first core memories that I can remember even as a child? And so I grew up in a house that's very artistic. Well, um, my granny would be a painter and her sisters were all painters and we'd be quite musical and stuff as well. And so from a young age, I've always associated my free time with hobbies, which were obviously more creative whether it was painting or whether it was music or dance or dance or whatever and so I think it really shaped me and who I am now and possibly as like the core foundations for who I aspire to be in the future if that makes sense um and so whenever I thought about what was important to me I think it was just uh I didn't really have to think about it it was just well like obviously it would be the arts or obviously it would be the creative the freedom to express your creativity whether it is through anything um and also too I think there's freedom within it itself because it's so um accessible to everybody like to paint a picture you don't have to be um an artist you don't need a degree for it you can you don't even need brushes do you know what I mean like you could use your fingers or you can use pages that are lying around and stuff and do write a story you don't necessarily need to be an avid reader of the classics but you can just imagine your own characters in your mind and I think I just grew up from a young age always doing that always looking for freedom through creative outlets I think that's the reason yeah and I think that's so interesting and you mentioned in your poem about how young people can be restricted in their ability to be creative and I was wondering if you could elaborate a bit more on that yeah well from my experience well being as I said within a household that was very um open about creativity and encouraging about it. Um, I never really faced the struggle of having someone tell me that it was of less value than I thought it was until probably recent years. And I think that sometimes there's a 
a stigma around like careers and stuff that are within the arts and especially now after having the pandemic there's been a serious decrease in the number of jobs available or the funding that's given and stuff um and so I just think the restrictions they're always kind of there but if you surround yourself with the people that are like-minded you don't feel them and so it's only until you go into a situation that you're faced with people who really have had no experience with creativity or no interest in it then you start to see the different um opinions and personally from my experience I think there's a very different approach you get a different reaction from someone when you decide to talk about creative jobs or creative interests as opposed to if you were to talk about something scientific and to me they're they've always been just as equally as important and so it was a recent thing for me to kind of see the what it's like um I don't really know how to describe it but I just felt as though some people didn't view them as equal and I found it hard to wrap my head around but then when I spoke to friends or other people because I'm a member of the National Youth Theatre and so I went there in London 2019 um and was in a group of like 30 people around my age and some of them were like no we've just done this on our own because um our families wouldn't really be supportive of this and it's just a hobby or whatever and I could never think of it as a career no matter how much I thought it was my passion or whatever um and so that opened my eyes and then just the same with school friends and stuff they'd be like oh I wish I could do that I wish it was allowed and I just thought like I'm grateful to be in the position where I'm encouraged to do those things but also it, it, the restrictions that other people face are becoming more apparent as I get older and so I thought it was important to touch upon it and just attempt to spread the message that you can you can pursue create creativity. Yeah and I think one of the strange things about lockdown was you saw some people become more creative in a way and I know that you mentioned that in your poem as well and I could see it, you know, friends of mine have been setting up small businesses and stuff and making crafts and selling them. And do you think that lockdown helped in people kind of honing into the creativity that they have within themselves? I think so. Um, even myself, as I like, as I said, I was always creative, but I did come to a point where I didn't have the time or I didn't value the free time that I had. I thought, oh no, I should be studying or I should be doing something more productive. Um, but over lockdown I had the time to kind of delve back into it and enjoy it and I have a younger younger siblings as well I'm the oldest of five and I could even see that they were being a bit more creative with their surroundings like um, a cardboard box was no longer a cardboard box it was a house or it was a robot and just things like that and then also my friends who would always say oh, I'd love to do things like that they were they were doing it because they had the time to do it um, and obviously then there was a big emphasis on supporting local and I saw a lot of people take creativity in a way that they could um, promote themselves and make a profit off it and um, there was jewellery shops and there was clothes and there is creative art frames and picture frames and stuff and that's only a few that are coming to mind but it was just there was such a vast range of different things and people were finding that they weren't actually not creative as they thought they were it was just that they never actually tuned under it and give themselves the time so obviously there's been a lot of stuff that's come along with the pandemic that we're not happy about and we have a long way to go to get over it and stuff but I think one of the positives that has come out of it is that people are starting to allow themselves to be more creative I think 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And as you say, it's one of the aspects of the pandemic that you hope kind of hangs around for a while. You know, once we're out of this again, you hope that people will continue to be creative because they know that they can now and they know they have it within themselves. But Molly, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat. I know you have another school thing at two, obviously. (laughs) So I'll not hold you back, but thank you so much. I love the poem. I loved reading it. And I was so impressed, honestly. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so nice seeing you. Bye. Bye. So lastly, we'll be chatting to Bonnie quickly. And I thought this was a really nice one to finish off with because it kind of encapsulated everything that we talked about and the idea for young people to be able to thrive in their lives and not just survive and not just kind of trundle along. So we will be chatting to Bonnie a bit more about this now. Hi. Hi Bonnie, so thanks so much for your article. Again, it was such an interesting article. I thought it really encapsulated how a lot of young people feel about their lives at the moment and about some of the challenges that we face and the notion that sometimes you do just trundle along, but you have to have it within yourself. Yeah. You want to be able to thrive in your life as well. So I just wanted to ask if yeah. you could explain in your own words the idea that you had of thriving and not just surviving yeah so basically I think like say when you leave school like then like say like three four years after school and of course in the rest of your 22 but I think them years after you leave I think they're just so important I think like you grow up so much and I think that they're like really pivotal in like your life if you know what I mean so I think it's also around the time that you start thinking about like becoming like an adult or whatever and like getting like a house and just like growing up really and um and what I noticed one day I took a step back and I noticed that anytime I did think about those things I just felt incredibly anxious and hopeless and just not great about it like it just as if it wasn't really like that reachable for me or as reachable even a word but (laughs) anyways um and um I was just like it's, I just think it's so sad to be honest like I just I think as well as young people like we're expected to be like oh cheer up like you're young you're youthful like cheer up or whatever and it's like how can we when as we were having those pivotal years the state of the world like simultaneously has gotten worse if you know what I mean like we've been growing up and it's been going down and um I just like like in terms of like climate like everyone was talking about before and like and like the mental health crisis in the north that we have at the moment is just devastating so I just think that we're constantly surrounded by like these horrible statistics and stuff and I got I got really angry I was like I'm just so angry that every time I think about these things that I feel so hopeless and same with all my friends and like just like the people that I have around me so um thank you for asking me because the article for me was a bit cathartic because I got a I got it on paper because I've been it's been playing in my mind for like a long time so I like I just it's just it's just so frustrating as a young person. Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you make as well. In that, even in the pandemic, young people were kind of people were reacting and almost still you've nothing to complain about. Kind of way, you know, a lot of people have it worse off than you. But I feel like a lot of people don't really get yeah. the struggles. And as you were saying, you know, the vast vast majority of people our age and older who are looking to buy a house, you know, it's it's unachievable for them, and they could be paying more in rent than they would be paying in a mortgage, but they still would be rejected from a mortgage and even things like job like job stability and everything as well has changed dramatically uh in the last 10 years I would say 
and things aren't stable anymore. And I think the pandemic really shone a light on that. And I was just wondering, do you think as well, what the kind of impact that the pandemic had in these notions of how difficult things kind of got for young people? I think the pandemic had a massive impact. Like it had a really big negative impact, I think, on people's mental health and financially. And I think not even just young people, just everyone across the world. It, it has negatively impacted so many people. But one thing I think is that the pandemic actually has allowed me to be able to take a step back and sit and think about the state of everything. Um, and I'm like, it's the pandemic has it's really negatively impacted it in a way. But again, it has it has some silver linings. And one of them things is is that we get the opportunity to sit back and think, if you know what I mean. But I think all in all, though, the pandemic has just been really negative for the whole thing that I wrote about. But you know, like linking it with that I think the pandemic has really massively negatively impacted but um one thing I really wanted to say here was say even taking in the grand scheme of things take the pandemic out of this we were still going in a really bad direction if you know what I mean like I read this article I mean I read this statistic literally just last week on my phone that UK students suicide rate risen by 56 percent in 10 years and i just i read it my heart sank and it's just another one of them statistics that you read day in day out so i think although the pandemic definitely has massively impacted it badly it was also but it was going that way i think anyways it was going a really bad way yeah i agree you know you outlined things obviously the pandemic impact but it was really important to highlight the things that existed before the pandemic and that were almost unchanged uh, i mean house prices are still rising even though it seems that it's impossible that anybody would be able to buy a house and I just wanted to know for you what is key for you to be able to thrive in your life like for me financial security is a massive thing for me to be able to thrive and I know that could sound like quite materialistic and stuff and like because people come back at you and say oh but money doesn't buy happiness but Money can buy a lot of things that provides us security and happiness and which enables us to thrive, if you know what I mean. And I always say, I think that phrase, money doesn't buy, impacts me so angry. I just think that phrase was like made up by the rich day, like for those who the poor will fight back and try and get our money. You know what I mean? It, it's a phrase that always makes me so frustrated. And um, I so financial security, it's a huge thing, I think, for us young people to thrive and people mm -hmm. don't want to really admit that. It's like, no, cheer up, you're young go off to have fun yeah. whatever why can we when the worries we are worries that young people have never had a face before do you know what I mean it's completely different yeah I completely agree and I really really enjoyed your article as I say you know I read it and I just thought this just encapsulates how I feel about the kind of situation that this generation's in and the difficulties that we face that people might not want to admit that we do face Bonnie, thank yeah. you so much. I know you're at work and everything, so thank you so much for taking the time out. I can't wait for oh, everybody right. to read your article as well. Thank you so I'm much. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Happy days. Happy days. Well done. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Uh, all the speakers done. Some great conversations. Um, look, all I can say is just to wrap it up. Thank you, Yana. Um, thanks for all the hard work that you put under this issue, and particularly for today and the preparation that went under that as well. Um, your journalism skills are coming true right to the fore here. Um, Thank so, you very much. No, I really fine. appreciated the opportunity. I really did. And I love the process. And today was great fun as well. And I thank credit to everybody who contributed to the article as well. I mean, 
they blew me away with the ideas that they came up with and how they put them down on paper, so to speak. But thank you so much for the opportunity for this as well. And I really, really enjoyed it. No, no worries at all. And and thanks to Barney for putting you forward yeah. and for uh, all the young people involved in Reach Across. So as well as that, thank you to everybody who came along to this webinar today. We hope you really enjoyed it. Um, thanks to Anna, all the panelists, to Georgia, Tiernan, Molly and Bonnie, uh, to Fiona Corvin, as always, for the technical support and Michael Barways for editing. And of course, we have to thank the funders who, in this instance, are the Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland. So really hope that people take the time to enjoy this issue, uh, this youth issue of Fingerpost. Um, we'll see you again for the, the next issue, which is going to be released on the 26th of March. And that's going to be edited. It's been guest edited by Foil Women's Information Network. And that's a woman's issue. So we're really looking forward to that as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. And we'll see you all again. Thank you.